Boring businesses? Oh, surely there's no such thing. Well, you clicked it, so you must be feeling a little bit self-conscious. The reality is that not every business can do cool influencer campaigns, share the latest newsworthy data, or grab features in top-tier publications easily. If you're a B2B company, if you sell generic products, or there's something about your business that is just a little bit less sexy, how do you get backlinks? Well, the good news is today, I'm going to talk you through six different ways to build backlinks if you are a quote-unquote boring business. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja, which is a digital marketing agency. We, like this podcast, help our clients get more leads and sales from their websites. And in particular, we love our quote unquote boring clients because actually some of the more less sexy businesses that we've worked with are some of the ones that have seen the biggest increases in their marketing. And as we'll see today, Having a less sexy product or being in a less sexy industry is not an excuse not to do some excellent marketing. So we're going to go through six different ways to build backlinks if you're a boring business. And I'm going to talk you through in this podcast. There's also a video version of this, which you can watch over on our YouTube channel if you are more visual and you want to see some examples. Now, before we get started, though, two things. Firstly, Ninja the cat is snoring away. So if you can hear some snoring, it's not a soundtrack to the boring business episode. It is, it's a cat snoring. Uh, The second thing is I'm assuming that you know why you're building links, right? We build links to help with a website's ranking. The more links we get from better websites with higher authority, generally the better your website is going to rank in search engines like Google, which is incredibly profitable. So this is a kind of means to an end, if you like, which most of the time is about improving our website's visibility on Google. Yes, of course, we get some coverage in publications. Yes, of course, we get people talking about our business or our brand. But most of the time we are link building for SEO. So that's really the lens that we're going to be looking at today. We've helped blow up the rankings of boring businesses with exactly this type of SEO. We've won awards for it. We've made our clients millions in the process. So if you're a boring company, and again, I use that boring. Every time I say boring, I'm using an asterisk, which is that actually no business is boring. There are going to be people in your business that are incredibly passionate. There are people who are buying from you, which are incredibly passionate. But if you are in one of those boring asterisk businesses, then absolutely you can do fantastic SEO and you can build some incredible links. Now, throughout this episode, we're going to be using an example of a boring business. We wanted to find an example to illustrate some of the link building tactics we're going to be sharing today. We didn't want to use a client, not just because we would then be labeling one or more of our clients as boring, which is never a nice thing to do but mainly because we would literally be sharing the link building strategies that we're using for them, which their competitors might be very interested in. So we're not going to do that. We're going to, we've picked a random business to use in this study. And the business that we're going to be using is Trelleborg, T-R-E-L-L-E-B-O-R-G. They create polymer materials that seal, damp, and protect. (laughs) Nike, this ain't. Um, 
they make polymer seals, okay? And Trelleborg is also a, a region, I think, in Sweden, an area in Sweden, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the sealant company. Okay, so just before we start, how many links do you suspect a business that makes polymer seals might get? They're not the sort of thing that's making front page news on the Daily Mail. They're not the sort of thing that trends on Twitter because they've just done some crazy PR stunt. So maybe a couple thousand links, maybe a few hundred referring domains. Well, 1.9 million links from 8,000 referring domains, which means there's 8,000 different websites out there that find Trelleborg or something about their website interesting enough to link to a total of 1.9 million times. So this is a sick link profile for an incredibly, on the surface, boring business. So we're going to look at some of the ways that they've done this, but they're doing loads of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today. They've got backlinks from suppliers, they've got backlinks from tech companies, conference sites, they've got links from Wikipedia, multiple publications, the list goes on. So boring businesses can get backlinks just as easily, or maybe not just as easy, but almost as easily as brands with a shiny or sexy offering by following the six methods that we're going to outline. So the first step to all of this, as always with link building, is content creation. One of the biggest errors that boring businesses make is they don't post enough content. They don't post linkable content on their website. They assume that just because they are boring, uh, that it's absolutely pointless trying to make information that people would ever search for on their website. This is a big mistake, as we will see. If you're in an industry that people maybe don't understand so much, they will often have questions about it. Some of this will be questions from the general public. Some of this will be questions by potential customers. Now, we do have other guides and videos on how to create content that ranks on Google, which we'll link in a description somewhere for you. Um, but this isn't just about creating blogs and articles. If your product pages aren't good, if your product pages aren't what your suppliers need them to be to help sell your products, for example, if you're selling through retailers, they'll just make their own product pages rather than link to you. So what this is really about is making sure every page on your site as much as possible is linkable. So let's think about an example. Let's say that our friends at Trelleborg making their sealants they want to get some links for different phrases around sealants. Well, one of the things that they might do is look at the search queries that people are using to find information about sealants. They might go and answer the public, for example, or they might use a tool like SEMrush and they might type in sealants and see what people are asking. Now, one of the questions people are asking about sealants is types of sealants. People are searching for types of sealant. They want to know the different types that are available. And we can see that the we can see from the search results of this page that most of the uh, results that are ranking, in fact, all of the top five results that are ranking are information guides. It's Wikipedia, it's uh, retailers, and it's brands who've written guides about the different types of sealant. So the first thing that our friends over at Trelleborg would do would be, right, we're going to try and rank for this term. We're going to try and write a really good guide to this phrase. So why might they do this? Because ranking for types of sealant doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to sell any products. Well, the main reason that they might want to do this is because if they can write a guide that ranks for a, a B2C or a very kind of public term like this, this is the sort of content that's then going to be linked to by other people. So we've written uh, uh, content for clients where we've got something ranked for a phrase 
which might not be used by their customers, but it is used by people who are writing about that topic. And what happens is when people are writing about that topic and they need to cite a source, they'll often go onto Google and they'll just type in something really lazy like types of sealant and they'll find an article which does the job which they can then link to. So this is a good way of making content that people actually link to. You have to get it ranked first so that the people who are writing these articles know what to link to, if that makes sense. So we can see that the top article here is an article on labcwarranty.co.uk and it's all about types of sealant. There's a little um, listicle in there. They've got some different bullet points and there's a bit of information. It's quite a long piece, but there are no images. There's no demonstrations of the different types. There's not a huge amount of stuff here to engage me really. It's just blocks of text. So if I was going to be beating this, firstly, I'd beat it with the amount of detail that I'm including. But secondly, I'd be adding in pictures. I'd be adding in some videos. I might even try and add some memes just to make it a bit of a fun article. You could have some uh, examples of sealant fails or things like this, which might be quite interesting and keep people's attention on the page longer. And by doing that, you can make a better article than what's already ranking. So that's the first thing you want to do. Have content on your site, which is legitimately rank worthy and link worthy. You can't get links to a really boring website. You have to have information on your site that people would actually want to link to. The second thing that we can do, which is very closely related to this, is go out and chase some good quality links. So if we throw, for example, this page about the different sealant types uh, from this other website, if we just throw this into SEMrush, um, by the way, SEMrush is an SEO tool, you can get a free trial at uh, thankyouninjas.com. If you go to thankyouninjas.com, get a free trial of SEMrush, play with it, have fun with it, really cool tool. Anyway, let's say that we just throw this article, which is ranking top four types of sealant into SEMrush. We can then see all the websites that are linking to it and we can see what sort of context those links have. Now, why do you care about which websites are linking to a piece of content which you haven't even written? Well, because when you've written that piece, which is even better than that one, you can then go to these publications, to the websites that are linking to this other one, and say, hey, maybe you might wanna link to me instead. I've written a better article. It's got pictures, it's got some videos, it's got some examples. For example, we can see here that uh, we've got some links to this thing from all sorts of different sites. Some of them are type, kind of hobbyist type sites. Uh, some of them are tips on soundproofing, DIY tips on how to soundproof home movie theaters, and they're linking to a sealant thing. So if I was writing my updated guide to the best types of sealant, I might include a section specifically on best sealants for soundproofing. And then when I went out to this website that was already linking, I could say, hey, I noticed that you've got this link to this other site. Well, we've got a better article and actually we cover specifically soundproofing. So maybe you want to switch the link. So this is a piece of outreach that you can do when you've found all the other articles about this topic, which you're trying to beat with ranking. Cool. Okay, next thing that you're going to do, guest posting. If you're in a quote unquote boring industry, we're going to drop the quote unquote, we're just going to say boring, but you know that there's an asterisk and there's quotes all over the place, right? If you're in a boring industry, there are going to be trade publications and these trade publications need content. If I, I've just done a quick search for sealant industry publications, okay, sealant industry publications, and if you're in a B2B space, you'll know the deal, right? Adhesivesmag.com is the top ranking one. So this is a, a magazine that's all about the adhesives and sealant industry. 
Now, here's a news flash. This publication, whether it's online, whether there's a physical version of it, has people that need to fill it every month with interesting information and articles. Yeah, the more boring the industry, the harder this becomes. They are desperate for interesting stuff to write about. And if you have any sort of personality or take or an interesting angle that you can pitch these people on and you can provide them useful information, they will often be glad to take it either by featuring you as a guest author or by just publishing it. So what do you need to do? The first thing you need to do is make a list of all the publications in your industry. Take a look at the types of topics that they're covering. Okay, so if they're talking about the latest technologies, then you're going to pitch them on stuff around the latest technologies. If they're talking about legislation changes and new product launches and stuff, you're going to talk about that, right? Whatever they are talking about, whatever seems to get traction, you're going to pitch them on. Once you've done that, think about how you can add to this space. How can you contribute a voice, an opinion, something of value to this space? Just saying the same thing as everyone else isn't necessarily going to cut it unless you're a bit quirky, unless you've got something different about you. If you can fit your product or service in there, fine. But what we're not looking to do is turn this into a platform for you to just talk about yourself. Adhesivesmag.com is not looking for someone from the adhesives industry to just talk about their business all day long on their website, offering free advertorial, you know, indefinitely. That is not the vibe. They are looking for interesting stuff that their audience would like to read about. So you almost want to treat yourself as an unpaid freelance journalist writing for Adhesives Mag. So what are the audience actually interested in? That's what you're going to write about. You'll have a link in the byline or in your author bio, whatever. So you're just looking to contribute interesting, useful stuff. Now, when it time comes time to start outreaching to get these guest posts or to get a longer term relationship with these publications, it's best to have a few topics to pitch the publication rather than just giving them one thing or asking them what they should write about. They really want to see that you've thought about this and that you get it, that you're not just an advertorial bore who's just going to try and sneak in ads. You have to have this like compelling idea that their readers are actually going to be interested in. We also have a video which helps you come up with topic ideas, which we'll link to in the description for this show. And when you pitch your ideas, explain why you think they'd be a good fit for the publication and show how that you've how you've done your research. Oh, I noticed that you had this article about this topic. And also explain why you're best positioned to write about that topic. So sell yourself, explain your credibility. Let's say, for example, that you are a solicitor that specializes in small business claims. Well, that specialism will give you an insight that other lawyers may not have. So you can write from a place of authority in small business publications, for example. Getting in front of your target audience by using your authority and your expertise. Okay, so that's guest posting. Right, thing number four is unlinked brand mentions. Before we go through this though, I want to let you know about the free website and digital marketing review. Did you know that our company Exposure Ninja offers free help to businesses looking to generate more leads and sales through their website through the world famous website and digital marketing review? All you need to do is go to ExposureNinja.com, fill in a bit of info about your business, tell us about your current digital marketing and your goals. One of our team will then analyze your current situation. They'll have a look at your website, the digital marketing that you're doing at the moment, and your competitors. 
They'll then map out your priorities over the next six to 12 months, showing you what you need to focus on to generate more leads and sales. This service is completely free of charge. You don't have to work with Exposure Ninja afterwards, although many people obviously do. This is why we offer it. This is our call to action, if you like. So go to ExposureNinja.com to request your free website and marketing review today. Okay, back to unlinked brand mentions. Whoa, that was a cliffhanger for you. Um, so unlinked brand mentions is, is times when people have written about your business, but they haven't included a link back to your website. I know it's so disappointing, isn't it? People still in 2022 aren't linking brand mentions. Crazy. Anyway, we're going to fix it. Now, it's not always easy to find unlinked brand mentions, but there are some tools that can help. Firstly, Google Alerts. So a lot of people have a Google Alert set up for their brand name, meaning that as soon as somebody publishes an article online that mentions your brand name, you get a Google Alert so you can go and have a look. Um, if it's a positive uh, inclusion, then you could always contact the writer of the article or the publication or the website to say, hey, you've, you've, you know, you've mentioned us, but you haven't linked to us. Do you want to do that? Uh, basically. So that's one way. You can also set up Google Alerts, by the way, for different products with distinct names as well. So not just your brand name, but also your, your key product names. Another way of doing this is through SEMrush. And remember, you can get a free trial of SEMrush at thankyouninjas.com. They have a tool called Brand Monitoring. And all you do is you set up a project, you put in your, uh, your brand name, and then it finds all of the unlinked and linked mentions there. It also gives you authority scores on this as well. Um, so this is a really useful tool. It's a bit more sophisticated than Google Alerts because it also gives you a bit of SEO info too. So that's worth checking out as well. Uh, once you've identified some unlinked brand mentions, you then reach out to the owners and ask if they wouldn't mind linking back to your website. Now, of course, not all of them will. That is absolutely fine. Anything that we're doing with link building, we have to get used to rejection because often we're asking for something which benefits us more than the, uh, the person that we're asking to do the work. So if you're asking someone to go and log into their website, find the article, that you're referencing and add a link to your website. The question is, what's in it for me? Not a whole lot, okay? So you're gonna get used to not everyone doing it, but if you're a lovely person and you're very polite, you will get some success with this. Okay, tip number five. Step number five, digital PR. So you might have dismissed digital PR or you might have dismissed PR in general because you think, well, who on earth is gonna get PR for a sealant business? We make sealants who cares? We are not going to do a tie up with Ronaldo. We're not going to, you know, pointless. Aha, not so fast. Actually, some of the best PR campaigns come from boring businesses, especially ones that have lots of data. For example, in the video version of this, you'll see an example of a cybersecurity company, Clario. They created an article with an infographic showing which companies accessed our personal data the most. This is absolutely genius. It's genius because this is a niche, it's a boring company, right? Cybersecurity is boring until you need it. It's boring. And it's something that has no relevance to the general public. But something that does, well, it actually does, but that's that's where the, the kind of crossover lies. What they've done is they've said, okay, well, what does have massive relevance? What is very trending? Well, it's people collecting our personal data. And by people, I mean Mark Zuckerberg, everyone's favorite pantomime villain. 
So they've created this amazing infographic which shows how much data and what types of data each of the different everyday tools that we use is collecting from us. And they've genius put Facebook right at the top because everyone loves to hate Facebook. What they've then done with this is they've pushed it out to the media so they start getting coverage on this. Absolutely amazing. It's had 6,000 links and this piece alone is estimated to be receiving 288,000 monthly visits. Now, all of this information from this article was completely public domain. They didn't have to do anything for this, right? It's all in the privacy, the data privacy policies of these businesses. Someone has just spent an afternoon collecting it all, putting it in an infographic, and whammo, 288,000 monthly visits and 6,000 links. That's underselling it a little bit. There's been a pretty extensive outreach thing done to get some coverage for this. So just because you have a simple or boring product offering doesn't mean you can't create great digital PR campaigns that will attract your target audience and get you links. Going back to our friends over at Trelleborg with their sealants, well, they have a link from Wikipedia because they have set the world record for the largest O-ring. Okay, so an O-ring is some sort of sealant thing and they've made one which is 364 meters in circumference and they laid it all around medieval Tewkesbury Avenue with the borough mayor of Tewkesbury who happens to be an adjudicator from the Guinness World Records has come along to certify that they have the world record for the largest o-ring so then they've gone to wikipedia and updated the wikipedia entry for o-ring to include their world record so it's genius right it's something that's potentially boring. I'm not going to lie, the pictures don't exactly make it look like a thrilling day out. But link from Wikipedia, happy days. Maybe a link from Guinness World Records as well. Not too bad. So that's digital PR. Yes, you can do it whatever business you're in. Someone's going to message me now with some business that's completely unsuitable for digital PR, but challenge accepted. Hit me up, tim at ninja.com. If you've got a business that cannot be digital PR'd, I'm gonna hit right back with some suggestions. Okay, the final example that we're gonna look at today, supplier, distributor, and partner links. Now this is really, really simple. Who is selling your products and service? If no one's selling it, fine. Who are you partnered with? If no, you're not partnered with anyone, fine. Who do you use? What you really want to do is think about, I, I kind of think of it almost like a word cloud with beams coming out from our brand, right? So exposure ninja is here. Who do we work with? Who partners with us? Which services do we use? Which software, which tools do we use? Now, all of these different businesses are potential linkers to your website. So sometimes, for example, if you're selling through a distributor or you're selling through retailers, they will include links of the companies that they sell on their website. But very often, these logos don't actually include the link back to the website. So they'll just say, you know, we sell... Trelleborg O-rings, but they don't actually link back to Trelleborg. So Trelleborg would say, right, who are all of our distributors? Who are all of our retailers? Let's reach out to them and ask them all to link to us. We'll say that this is our policy or whatever, right? That's a distributor's uh, retailers. Another neat trick, another neat variation of this, think of all the firms that you already use. For example, the software companies, the marketing companies, wink, wink, ExposureNinja.com, that you use the training companies, the cybersecurity companies, 
Now, you, what you do is you reach out to all of them and you say, hey, we absolutely love your service. We'd love to give you a testimonial if you're linked to us on your website. Then you give them the sickest testimonial they've ever had. They then want to use this in all of their promotion, in all of their marketing material. And when they do, boom, at worst, it's a brand mention. At best, it's a link all over the place. So provide great testimonials, get great links. So there you have it. Six ways to build links for boring businesses. There is actually another one, but to get it, you're going to need to go to the blog post, which is linked in the description for this podcast episode. Tim, you're cruel. I know. Um, don't forget, also, you can get a free copy of our best-selling book, How to Get to the Top of Google. Just click the link in the description. You can also watch the video version of this podcast episode over on the Exposure Ninja YouTube channel. Just go onto YouTube and search for Exposure Ninja. Please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. And until next week, see you soon.